Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Job Jumpers. You're with your host, Connor Mack. That's me. This is the podcast for those who jump from crappy job to crappy job. So welcome. Um, just a quick update on, on my life. I, I'm kind of in a limbo state right now where, like, uh, I might be, you know, out of a job. <laughs> might be out of a job. I just, uh, you know, I called in sick for all of last week because I went on vacation. Um, and, you know, now I have a few things in the pipeline that I might, uh, you know, I feel like I might jump to and uh, put this put this current job behind me, but um, I'm in a state of flux so I you know I'm in kind of um, kind of a job purgatory <clears throat> which would be which would be really awesome if like I didn't have to worry about money didn't have to worry about making money and paying bills and stuff but um, unfortunately I do so it is a uh, you know time of anxiety and stress but I think it'll it'll work out so I'll keep y'all updated today on the show we have my new friend Tyler Yates who is a uh, very talented photographer and um, videographer. He went to school for, for you know, video production. A lot of cool stories being on sets of, uh, you know, films and crazy reality TV shows, um, as, as well as training to be... A, uh, a missing persons finder Finding people that are missing out in the woods Which is pretty cool um, It was a great conversation I will uh, link um, to his socials And his photography page uh, In the description Please hit it up He's a very talented guy um, But without further ado Here is our conversation Alright everybody Welcome to Job Jumpers. Uh, today on the show, I've got my good friend, my good and new friend, Tyler. Um, Tyler, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate uh, your time. You know, wasting your time and energy here with me for uh, oh, yeah, waste of time. The next yeah. hour or so, appreciate it. Um, how's it going for you today? Oh, it's going all right. Um, yeah, just kind of working on some photos, getting some other stuff ready. It was fun kind of lighting all this, getting my audio set up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very cool, you know, because I guess you are kind of in that world, right, of production, video uh, production, and we'll get into all of that in yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but for the listeners who, who are not watching this on video... Um, I, I I'm on a video chat here with Tyler, and he he is in you know crystal clear HD. Um, it's very very impressive, uh, and um, you know it looks like I'm I'm uh, you know watching a movie or something. I don't know. Um, so you know, thanks for putting in all the hard work and effort there. Uh, that's that's much appreciated. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're currently in Alaska, right? That is correct. I'm in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, wow. okay. You know, people people do think of that area as like one of the coldest places. Um, um not always. Anchorage is um it's a pretty temperate climate. Okay. Um so it doesn't get like the big temperature swings that you'd see in the Midwest of the US. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it kind of it, it just kind of lingers in that same area. 
Yeah, it's like 17 degrees out right now. Uh, earlier this week, it was like 40 degrees. Okay, I mean, so 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 yeah, that that's a range, but not as wild of a range as you know. I'm I'm in New England, and and so the range is like you know, 15 degrees to like 50 degrees, 60 degrees. You know, for the last like four months, it's it's freaking nuts. You know, today we had like a like like a weirdo ice storm, and you know tomorrow it'll be like 60 degrees so uh you never know um so how i like to start this is you know one of the biggest questions i get and i think most people get when they meet somebody new or or they're in a you know usually it's a professional setting or it is you know a family reunion or something and you're talking to your 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 second uncle who who you barely even know and you're trying to make small talk and then you know they ask you what do you do and uh you know i've 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 always thought that was a very uh problematic question for me because it's like you know i've got all these things i want to say that i do that make me me but i know you're asking me about about what I do for a living. And, uh, that's specifically, that's the stuff I don't want to talk about. Um, because you know, it, uh, you know, when I say, Hey, I'm, I'm starting this one job that I'm not going to last out for a while, but you know, I've got some feelers out for, you know, for another job. Uh, you know, p- people don't really respond very well to that cause it's not, um, uh, it's, it's not on the up and ups, I guess. So, so taking, taking work out of the equation, Tyler, what do you do? What do you do? Um, yeah, taking work out of the equation. Um, I'm big in the outdoor community, um, big in, you know, doing all sorts of outdoor adventures, trips, um, just kind of being in nature. We're starting, you know, our own little farm on a house that my girlfriend was able to secure for us. Oh, wow. We're getting big into all that. I do a lot of uh, photography. Um, I'm getting into making my own prints and framing them, adding them, like doing all that work myself. Um, and just kind of, you know, developing myself in ways that I can, you know, creatively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That that's, that's a great answer. Yeah, you know, it seems like you, you're doing quite a lot out there. Um, you know, and, and those are all the exciting parts of life, you know that that you want to share with people and you want to tell people and and you know it, you know it it kind of is a shame that they're they're not always interested in that you know it's all about kind of how do you make the big bucks how do you bring the bacon home and you know i, I think we're going to talk about this too is like sometimes those things can be one and the same but it's it it's 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 hard to get there i guess and it it's not always a sure thing um to to kind of flip that on its head um, what do you say when people just straight up ask you, what do you do for a living? <laughs> well, that'll kind of depend on like what I'm actually doing to, you know, yeah. make money all the time. Exactly. Um, and like, it also will depend on who I'm talking to. If I'm at like a girlfriend's friend's wedding and like, I'm never going to see these people again. Sure. I'm an adventure photographer or like something a lot more fun that sounds, yeah. <laughs> you know, cool. But you know, if it's, you know, you know, my girlfriend's parents that I want to sound like I'm actually like secure in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It might be a little more reasonable of an answer, but you know, it it does vary kind of depending on what job I'm working at the time. Like, uh, my most recent job, I was making Nordic ice skates. Wow. That's Uh, 
50, 40 centimeter, uh, like ice skates. I I yeah, I didn't findings. know that there was a difference between you know regular ice skates and Nordic ice skates. I guess um, so. Are, are they just bigger, or are they made of different material? What's um, yes to both. Okay, they're bigger, made of uh, a different material. The the sharpening is uh, it's a flat grind instead of a concave. Uh, in the middle of the blade, the radius on them is much broader. You know how like traditional uh, like hockey skates are shaped almost like an ulu. There's a sorry, uh, you guys might not know what ulus are. Uh, traditional Alaskan knives okay, that have okay. a really sharp radius on them. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the Nordic ice skates have like so the hockey skates have a radius of about like I don't know eight or nine meters. Uh-huh. The ones that we do have a radius of like twenty eight meters. Okay, wow. So yeah. they're they're very flat compared to them. Yeah. Uh, but we use these in wild ice skating. So um, okay. just on Friday, like we took a few pairs out and we ice skated across Portage Lake out to a glacier. That's pretty rad. Yeah. That. That's, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of fun, like just being able to, you know, people would ask, like, "Oh, Tyler, what do you do?" Like, "Oh, I make ice skates." That's because, yeah. Like, that's a great answer. Ice- I know. Yeah what what a unique thing um to be able to say you know it's it's i mean and not only ice skates you know you you know very cool you know variants of ice skates that kind of i i'm i'm assuming that that they have a long history in alaskan um you know heritage and and uh surprisingly not they're they're they have a bit of a history out in like scandinavia but okay they okay. only really gained popularity within the last maybe five, six years here huh. in Alaska. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I mean, I, that's, that's another thing that, you know, my, my eyes are opening to. I, 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 uh, never knew the history of ice skates. Didn't know that Nordic ice skates existed. Um, yeah. but you know, I feel like I'm a better man now that I, now that I'm aware <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> rad. Um, Tyler, do you consider yourself a job jumper? Um, you know, for the longest time, like I only thought that people who jumped jobs were like folks in the tech sector that uh-huh. did it to double their income, like every yeah. few years. Mm-hmm. I never really considered like my my string of jobs behind me that uh-huh. didn't always necessarily mean I was getting like a pay increase anytime I switched yep. jobs as like job jumping. But you know, hearing listening to your show, kind of reading up on like what it is, is like it's absolutely. Yeah, I've been jumping yeah. from you know crappy job to crappy job, some yeah. more crappy than others. Of course, yeah, you know they they definitely vary in in how awful they can be. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's that's an interesting point about kind of the the tech sector because because I mean that's a huge talking point you know from the last couple of decades with with tech and um, you know people in Silicon Valley. Uh, may they rest in peace you know they're 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 not doing too well right now but um it's it's uh you know kind of become common wisdom that oh yeah you jump from from a high level company to another high level company and you can kind of increase your your uh salary and your worth and uh it's it's kind of more effective than waiting for that that uh raise that 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 you're hoping for um you know, because they're, they're hard to come by. And, uh, it's, it's kind of funny cause, cause I'm not sure if like that's trickled down a little bit, but, um, you know, for me, job jumping originally was kind of just like out of, 
like, oh man, I can't freaking stand this place. I need to, I need to get out. I need to find something new. Um, you know, that, that's really before I cared very much about, about what I was making, you know, before I really had, had all these bills to pay and, um, uh, responsibilities. Um, and now it is like, Oh, well maybe I can get a dollar more at, at this other hotel, you know, like yeah, maybe it, some job is health insurance or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Or, or yeah, th- this, this job's uh, health insurance covers my medications or something like, um, so, so yeah, it, uh, th- there's definitely a comparison there. Um, even though it's, it's, it, yeah, it's like, uh, two totally different worlds, but that is funny because because yeah that i've i've heard that coming from uh those areas too and and it's 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 like you know it's funny because you you could be talking with somebody working you know with you know a huge tech company like apple or, or google or whatever and and mention job jumping and it's like you're both talking about the same thing but you really have no idea what each other's lived experiences are because you're, you know, living two vastly different lives, uh, in, you know, terms of, of, uh, class, you know? And, um, so, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, so I would like to, uh, kind of give the floor to you now, Tyler. Um, we can start from the, the beginning, go through as, as much or as little as you want, but um, I want to hear from you, your your job jumping story. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, there's, there's a whole bit of it. And, like, you know, it's very rare that I only work one job at a time. So someone's uh-huh. like, oh, I was doing this and I was also doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, outside of just kind of, like, mowing neighbors' lawns and stuff like that, my first real job was at 15 working at Chuck E. Cheese. Wow, yeah. 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 And, you know, I was kind of, it was like whatever they had me doing. Uh-huh. It, yeah, I had to wear the, the rat costume. Uh, Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese is, is a rat. Th- they make that pretty clear when you work there. Really? So, so that, that, that's an important uh, distinction is that Chuck E. Yeah, Cheese is actually a, a rat. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's... Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was, you know, my, my introduction into like, I guess, professional working, uh-huh. you know. Like, um, but you know, that didn't, that didn't last too long. I was there maybe three months before, like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And, yeah, you know, that, that job definitely had like all like very rapid turnover. They were hiring like kids for, to do most of the work. I believe it. That, that kind of work will definitely wear you down. I do want to kind of dig into, um, your experience wearing the costume a little bit more, how, you know, <laughs> sure, sure. how the kids treated you, how, like, how how it felt what what you know were you uh you know getting close to heat stroke what is it like no, actually donning the fame stroke uh, <laughs> <Chuck> <laughs> but e. Cheese costume. Like, yeah yeah i found that um the kids would kind of have either one of two reactions when they saw like the rat costume come out they'd either run screaming towards you or run screaming away from you okay <laughs> it was like the, the two kinds of it and definitely saw more than one like little kid like run away and like smack their head on a table yeah yeah that, i mean that that's that's pretty scary seeing a huge you know and anthropomorphic rat walking your way i can you know i can see that um but it's interesting that that at, at the very least they are excited you know either in mm. in joy or in terror you know it's it's a uh, that's you know i i i 
think um, you know a lot of kids ha- have those kinds of like visceral reactions to uh, things, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I'm just I'm very glad I worked there uh, after they stopped serving alcohol. I I never even knew that they served booze. Yeah, yeah apparently that was like a thing that, and it was caused all sorts of problems yeah. with the parents bigger issue than the kids i can see how how that would be a total disaster i mean you know i mean just imagine like a you know a drunk dad crawling through you know one of those tunnels or or like into the ball pit that just seems like you know bad bad news (laughs) i'm sure there 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 were you know quite a few lawsuits probably and uh unruly parents you know not not supervising their kids which is like something that i i've seen a million times at hotels when you know there's high school sports teams or middle school sports teams on you know traveling for for games and uh, the parents just get drunk in the you know lobby and and the kids run around the hallways all day and all night you know wreaking havoc um so 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 yeah i you know assume that it's probably a similar dynamic at play. Yep. So um, I guess after, you know, finishing my time over at Chuck E. Cheese, um, my next job was at a, like kind of a low end buffet place. Um, you guys might know it as a, like old country buffet okay. down in the States. Yeah, uh, we called it, yeah. it Royal Fork up here. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a heck of a job that, you know, kind of did like everything there. Um, you know, from cooking to cleaning tables to do working in the dish pit to mm. doing you, know, you name it. Like, okay, we did it, and yeah, come to find out that one of the managers was doing heroin with one of my best friends, like after work. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How? how so, how did you find out? Like after the fact, or or did you catch him in the act, or was it a big? Debacle. No, no, we were driving around somewhere. And my buddy's like, "Hey, we're going to go see, you know, our manager." And like, uh, okay, yeah. And then like, <laughs> that's what they were going to do. I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that- yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. I guess I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm I guess yeah. I'm flattered. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm down, you know, to smoke some weed yeah. at the time. <laughs> a little more than I was wanting that's to little, do. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit much. I mean, yeah, that that's a huge. I mean, a huge thing in the restaurant industry, and and that's something I didn't even really know until I was out of it. You know, like like my first first ever job was um, at a restaurant, and and you know, a couple of years after I left, um, yeah, I, I found out that that was just kind of being passed around, and um. It, one of the guys I worked with with uh, OD'd a couple of years after, so it's it's just uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely a commonplace way to uh, get through those those hellish uh, shifts. Yeah, yeah, and okay after yeah after working there, um, went over to a small like local pizza chain um, that did like you know level pizzas mm, okay um and i was just delivering pizzas for them and you know that was okay but you know this was before like google maps was a thing like you had to look out the the atlas of you know anchorage and kind of plot your route out and write your turns down and yeah, yeah that... sometimes like the, the books they had were out of date or like it's like oh this should be completed by this time and it wasn't 
That is a terrifying prospect to me. You know, I I'm I'm a millennial. You know, uh, kind of. Um, yeah, I, I grew up as the internet grew up, you know, and so I, I've I've never really known having to drive without a GPS. So I'm <laughs> I'm a I'm you know a spoiled brat, and and that I mean that that really does like I don't know how I would cope. I guess you have to learn, but it's it's like it like you know if if all phones went down and or you know all uh networks crashed or whatever i'd just be I, i'd be like okay I, I can drive around my town and you know that's that's about it i guess i'm not leaving my town ever again <laughs> yeah i know i remember the days when you had to like you'd print out the list of directions from like MapQuest or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah different um, world yeah yeah it sure was but yeah there i had like a manager who you know she just was uh probably older than I think she was mm -hmm. and just had clearly been working there forever and would, you know, like, Oh, you need to slice the tomatoes more accurately. And just kind okay. of like lots of nitpicky she kind was a of stickler for, for certain specifics. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of like would sometimes just get on your ass about like some random thing. If she was, I don't know, having a bad day or whatever, but yeah, that was the first job I like quit. Okay. And I, did like, you quit, quit because of her pretty much? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One day I was like, you know, finishing up some work after some deliveries, and like I just had enough of it because she was just berating me about uh, I don't even remember what. Yeah. I'm sick of this. I've had enough. They like, all had company T-shirts. So I throw my T-shirt off. Like oh, screw man. you. I quit. Like throw it out, <laughs> out the door, and then I go storming out into like three degree weather. Like with a, <laughs> I hadn't started my car and anything. So I'm out there. It's like all right, this was a decision. Yeah, it's like you know. <laughs> What a uh, perfect and triumphant moment. And then the second you walk outside, you're like, oh, I did not think this through. <laughs> this yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just, just out of sheer emotion. Um, damn, I, I, I've always, always wanted to have a, a fuck you, I quit moment. And, and I, uh, I, I've, I've never gotten there. You know, I, I've, I, I've had plenty of times where I was like, I'm this close to just losing my shit. And, um, I, I've, I've just always pulled back in fear or, you know, worst case scenario, I just sneak out quietly and then never speak to them again. <laughs> it just happened a yeah, couple I times. Felt a little more confident, you know, quitting so dramatically yeah. because, you know, I was in the last semester of high school or sort of that gap between the end of high school and going off to college. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I didn't really need this crappy pizza job in my resume and... So I felt pretty good about just like, all right, I have had enough of this. That's a good place to be. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, after that, I found uh, just another kind of dishwasher job at a better pizza place. Um, they're yeah, they're regarded as one of the better pizza places, and they're still a nice place to to work for. Um, but the, one of the running jokes was like, if you fall off a ladder, you're fired by the time you hit the ground. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, yeah. I I mean, there there's there's plenty of places that that um, you know that that's an official unofficial policy. Mm hmm. So, but yeah, that one was definitely a better work experience. Um, you know, the crew was pretty tight knit there. Anytime like uh, a customer would give one of the waitresses some hard time, like we'd invite him out around back and kind of uh, discourage him from treating her waitresses poorly again wow yeah wow that i mean it's like alaska and it yeah. was kind of the wild west 
It sounds like, I mean, I, I, I can't, um, say I blame you, you know, there, there's, you know, being in food service, uh, the servers and and you know waitresses especially get treated like shit and so um yeah that that's you know i say a thumbs up to that i say you know give that a thumbs up (laughs) yeah yeah. so yeah i was only there for a little bit but i i didn't quit other than like i was going down to school i was moving down to seattle to uh, go to school for video production nice and and um was that something that you had always wanted to get into? Um, yeah, to an extent. Um, one of the classes I took in high school is uh, we have this program called the the King Career Center. Uh, that's where you can go to like work on cars or um, like do shop class, do like all like uh, they even had like a hair and makeup school. It was like all sorts of trades, mm-hmm. and one of the ones that they had was a television radio production program. So I took a couple years of that, and I actually they even had a, an EMT course, and ended up taking that one as well. Oh wow! And that those are kind of not EMT directly, but kind of having some medical certifications and working in TV and film have kind of been some of the through lines of what I've done, sort of, with my professional or semi-professional careers. Oh, nice. Yeah. So okay, um, yeah, because I I would assume that there is there is not too much in common that you can use both of those, you know, skills concurrently, probably. Um, so, so you've just had, uh, you know, jobs in both areas. I never really worked in a medical field, but I've used, you know, the certifications I've kind of gained along the way. And I've always kind of held like a first aid certificate at the yeah. very least. Yeah. Um, like I currently have my uh, wilderness first responder. Um, like I've done search and rescue work, so it's, it hasn't been directly tied to it. But you know, when you're trying to do some filming out in the middle of nowhere, it's good to have someone along that. Absolutely. That yeah. That's a great point, and I you know I guess on any production really or in any job, um, but especially in jobs maybe that that are off in the middle of nowhere or. Uh, um, it it would behoove you to have somebody with those qualifications and so if if it's between you and and you know somebody who who doesn't have those those certs then you know i think i think it's yours that that does make a lot of sense that's you know that's cool because because that's kind of a big thing in uh in in hospitality too is is you know we do kind of get encouraged to uh um you know uh take take these tests for certifications and uh you know first aid and cpr and you know a million other ones and um it, it's uh very rare that we actually have somebody who who like is is certified in these things and then like updates their their certificates too you know um but but yeah it's that's that's a valuable thing to have yeah yeah and oftentimes it's not even like um the exact you know, uh, treatment that you have to do, but it's just keeping a level head anytime like someone gets a big cut across their hand. Yeah. It's just like, oh, just we need to do this and like yeah. don't freak out about it. It's mm-hmm. not going to help things. Yeah, j- just uh, get down to business. No time for uh, the dramatics. Just do what needs to be done. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, um, as I mentioned earlier, I went to school down in Seattle for video production. 
Um, and then, you know, kind of working through there was a continuation of, you know, working in restaurants, like in the dish pits usually, and just Mm -hmm. kind of doing whatever. Um, there was one place I was working at, I think it was my first job down there. Uh, I forget the name of the restaurant, but it was in Pike Place Market and like Tom Hanks sat there in one of his older movies. I forget which one. Harry Met Sally, maybe. That's awesome. And very, very funny because this is actually... And I've, Tom Tom Hanks is a is obviously a beloved actor, but it's the second Tom Hanks mention in in one of these interviews I've recorded. Um, which, but just funny because I don't really you know there, there's not a lot of podcasts that that just have coincidental Tom Hanks mentions. Um, mm-hmm. But the other one was um, somebody I was talking to said that that Tom Hanks was a friend of of somebody that she was working with and tom hanks warns uh her and her crew about about covid it's like hey this this like things happening covid's coming it's bad you guys should go home um so so yeah that that that's uh yeah um i don't know just kind of a tom hanks fun fact i guess no fun um (laughs) but yeah (laughs) <laughs> kind of uh what i'm sure is going to be probably a recurring thing uh the i guess the dish pit like supervisor or like senior employee the guy who'd been working there the longest i don't think yeah. he had an actual title was a super big racist mm-hmm. um like was constantly going off about like oh this minority like does this and uh-huh. like oh i'm glad I'm not a whatever yeah and, yeah uh we didn't get along super well um and yeah, I worked there less than a week, and I never actually got paid for any of the work I did. Ah, oh, that that's that's the worst. That that's uh, yeah. That I mean, when you are in an environment that toxic, it's just like I got to get the fuck out of here. I don't even want to talk to these people. Yeah, yeah um, it was like everyone else that was there was fine, but it was this one guy that they had me paired with, and I think that's why they had kind of some high turnover. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that's that's a very shitty and off-putting um way to to act and and i mean it's sucks that you know all all the rest of the staff and management just kind of like turned a blind eye to it which which happens you know more often than not but um i mean you would think that they wouldn't put like a trainee with with that guy if they know like how racist and terrible he is yeah, well, I, I imagine they they stuck with him because he's the only one there that's going to keep working. And yeah, yeah. Find someone that can either ignore it or agree with him, then they're uh-huh. going to stick around, I guess. But I don't know why you'd want to foster that kind of working environment. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, just pure ignorance. Yeah, that that's I've I've never had the displeasure of like working with uh, such a blatant, you know, racist person um but yeah i i I, that's that's not something i would be able to uh stick around for um so did you like give a reason for quitting or did you just kind of um i went to management and said like hey this guy is saying some like really like uncool racist stuff and like don't schedule me with him again yeah like we can't do that like well, well then i can't work here yeah. So I, I did try and like find a solution around it. Just like, don't put me with this guy. Yeah, I mean, that that's like the the smallest thing you can ask. And, and they couldn't do that. 
nope, couldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Just loyal to to uh, their their reliable worker. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, good old racist Joe. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Uh, years later, actually, somewhat recently, I uh, I filmed a bear hunt for an episode of uh, television. Uh, some oh, like cool. Amazon shit. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm not really a big hunter, big gun person myself. Mm. So I kind of knew that, like, what I was getting into was like, they're like, when you go on a bear hunt, you're not going to get the the meat of the bear. You're not saving any of that. It's all for the pelt. It's a trophy hunt. Uh, okay. Okay. I kind of knew what I was getting into a little bit that I might not get along like with everyone super well, but come to find out like the main owner of this, this remote backcountry lodge had like clan robes and like, was it super like he stopped drinking Coke because they got too woke, stopped eating what yogurt, like, was not a fan of like gays or blacks uh-huh. or anyone. But I find this out there after he flies me out in his like twin seater airplane. And oh, I know. Much more radicalized to the left, like within that time, it's yeah. like I keep my damn mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna be left out here. Uh huh. Yeah. Probably like a hundred miles from the nearest town. That's a that's that that's a terrifying situation to be in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, somebody with with that level of you know hatred in their heart, it like like would not. Or, you know, could very well leave you stranded in the middle of nowhere. Or, you know, maybe you have an accident with the, with all the hunting equipment around. It's yeah, like, right? I didn't want to find that out the hard way. And no. Normally, I've learned to be um, much less complacent when yeah. I meet people like that. But when they're armed and literally my only way out of there, it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, be a little quiet about it. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's not much you can do, unfortunately, when they when they hold all the power in the relationship, and you don't have you don't have a a safe way out. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, how, how'd you find out well, that 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 he had all the like the you know clan robes and and his his racist history? Did oh, he tell you? He just told you. Yeah. Um, I was talking to um, uh, like one of the other kind of stars of the show. Yeah. And we were just talking about like what I was going to be doing because I was um, being very good about wearing a mask indoors uh-huh. because I was supposed to be going to Pakistan like okay. a week after I got back from this trip. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to mess any of that up. Yeah. This is a trip that we'd already rescheduled once due to COVID. Um, so I was, you know, trying to do very good about it. And so they kind of pinned me as, you know, the someone that would wear a mask which yeah, is kind uh-huh. of you know not alaska didn't do great on wearing masks or any of the covid stuff gotcha so it definitely pegged me as a specific type of person yeah so that's the guy that he's still wearing that face diaper yeah yeah oh my god so yeah that's where i saw my first uh trump 2024 banner and they all posed in front of it <laughs> oh no hey, a video of us doing this I'm like <sighs> oh like fuck my life get me out yeah. of here that that's 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 rough well i'm glad you made it out alive at least yeah yeah me too <laughs> so back um, to the past back to the past um 
Yeah, so kind of working in um, video production school, like continuing with on like just other kind of restaurant jobs that, you know, kind of run the gamut of like just terrible working conditions, like super inconsistent schedules. Yeah. Um, you know, poor managers and just kind of the gamut of it. nothing like spectacularly bad, but just nothing spectacularly great either. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Nothing that, that, that sticks out as, as horrifying, but also not an exemplary workplace. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, I graduated in the spring of 2007 and then like three months later, the housing market collapsed Yeah, and like no one had any money for like doing video stuff. You picked a so good time I, to graduate. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I was thinking like it'd be a little more practical to do video than try and like make it in Hollywood or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, this will be a safe bet. Everyone kind of needs, like, video stuff done. Sure. <laughs> or so you thought. Like, 2007, 2008. So that was when I kind of started, you know, freelancing in uh-huh. the film and video and adjacent industries, trying to do, you know, gig work and whatever I could get my hands on. Yeah, I do whatever it takes to uh, get by. Um, yeah, through, that was yeah. turbo job jumping. It was gigs would last you know if i was lucky a week but usually it was a day or a few days so i was always on to something else like working yeah. for a different company scouring craigslist scouring you know any of the other production websites and just trying to okay. find like, whatever I could. you were all you just just constantly in like hunting mode job hunting mm. mode yeah that that's that that sounds super stressful um what what kind of uh gigs were they what kind of things were you shooting um, so yeah, I'd work on like no budget films, like when I could just to kind of get some credit off. Um, we actually, yeah, there was one film that I walked off set because turns out the, uh, the prop guns weren't prop guns. They were just guns. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And like the DP was like waving the gun around, like playing with them Jesus. and like, it was like, Oh, clearly these are just like, you know, metal, like prop guns. No, no, they were just guns. Ah, man, I mean, and, and just want to make sure, uh, just, just to be clear, Alec Baldwin was not a part of that cast. (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah, that, that's, that's obviously another terrifying thing. And it, it like makes you think like how commonplace is that in the industry? Like, even though they know the regulations, like how often they, do they try to get away with it? Probably far too often. And I think kind of working in Seattle in the Northwest, uh, you know, very liberal part of the country, there's just a lack of understanding of mm. firearms. In general. Yeah. Um, I took Hunter's Ed in middle school. And like, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not super big into guns, but I still sure. like am familiar with them. I'm still like kind of know like which end to point. Like, yeah. Yeah. Barrel like in a safe direction, so I have a little bit of you know knowledge and like kind of a working relationship with them. But I think that's where sort of a you know the liberal distrust of any sort of firearm kind of comes back around to bite them in the ass is they yeah. don't know what to do when they're presented with one. They don't know what's an unsafe situation. Yeah, I I can definitely see that, and and um yeah, I mean when you're literally using guns as as toys, you know you're using it as a prop for a production. It's like yeah, of course, you know, someone who is holding it should should know how to hold it, should know how to use it safely. And um, yeah, and, and it, I, I've always kind of thought 
uh, you know, with with guns, it's like, well, it's kind of like a genie that that we can't put back in the bottle. You know, it's like they're they're all terrible. But um, uh, yeah, I, I do think turning a blind eye is also probably not the the right choice there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in addition to kind of working on all sorts of kind of like no budget films like that, there was a few like short films, plenty of corporate videos, uh, a fair bit of like weddings, um, and you know, and a few commercials, did a few music videos, did lots of like live music, and like my hearing still like I still get tinnitus popping up because oh, did not have you know adequate hearing protection at the time. Yeah. Um, let's see, I shot a documentary on the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Uh, we okay. were friends with a band that won a Battle of the Bands competition that you know helped pay for their you know gas and lodging to get out there. Nice. And that was that was an experience. That was a week of like being immersed in like motorcycle culture, which I'd never been a part of. Yeah, and, yeah that 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 sounds fascinating as well. And I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of different characters in those uh gangs i guess or you know biker cliques you know those guys are always pretty interesting and and they'll surprise you sometimes yeah yeah one of the most interesting characters i met was um this was kind of after the filming and the drinking had started i see this biker guy with a hook for a hand Hmm. and so i'm like and ask this task like so eventually i just asked him like hey buddy i have to ask like how are you able to ride a motorcycle yeah yeah with flaw and he's like oh oh let me tell you i work for a company that designs adaptive like motorcycle stuff wow super cool that is rad yeah so like it was a wild range of people there but it was a non-stop party in the desert for a week and not like the Burning Man kind either. <laughs> yeah, different kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, um, that, that sounds pretty nuts. Yeah, that was definitely a time. Um, yeah, you know, I'd shoot like all kinds of different sports. Uh, everything from like you know kids high school sports to uh, I shot an MMA fight, um, and that was I was put up in a, a cherry picker, one of those like scissor lifts. I must have been 50, 60 feet in the air, and I was using one of those big broadcast cameras, and every time I moved, the whole thing would sway just a bit. And, like, when you're up in the oh, air, like, no. really unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it's like, is this how I die? Yeah, yeah, there's, I'm just going to lean a little bit too far, and the scissor lift is going to just creak over. Yeah, so, I, um, I mean, and, and you just kept shooting throughout it? Just kept shooting, learned yeah. to keep my balance a little more yeah. steady, not turn necessarily as quickly as the director wanted me to, but uh-huh. I'm like, screw you, buddy. I'm not going to fall off yeah. the scissor list. This is not worth sacrificing my life for. Yeah, yeah, I kind of got to stand up for yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked on uh, American Idol when they were in Seattle. Uh, I did the, the midnight to noon shift, just like doing crowd control. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was a heck of a zoo, and yeah. it wasn't even really working for him. We were just like you know uh, production assistants, basically gotcha. warm body. Okay, so was this for like the auditions in mm-hmm. the beginning of the season? Yeah, yeah. So you probably saw a lot of people come in and get their dreams crushed. 
Um, we weren't there for that part because not a lot of that happened in the midnight to noon section. Oh, yeah, but that's that, like, that makes sense. That makes sense. The lines would yeah. start to form or we'd have to get stuff ready or kind of, uh, you know, wrap stuff up from the night before. Um, were people camping out to like be first in line to audition? Towards the end of it. Yeah. 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 The line went all the way around like where they were doing it in the Seattle Center. Yeah. that That's, ah, oh, man. Um what a fucking time in America where, where, you know, it's like everyone was like, you know, if they had any, any, uh, aspirations in, in entertainment or music that, you know, your mom or grandma would be like, go audition for American Idol <laughs> or, you know, or you're, you're going to Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've met, I, I gave Ryan Seacrest a high five and that nice. was, I think, famous person i've ever met <laughs> still to this day that's a pretty good claim to fame <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then he turned around and said seacrest out right and he walked away um yeah and then i worked on um a pilot for a television show that if do you remember what the octomom was yes yes i do remember yeah. her kids or what uh, however many it was basically kind of a, a clone of that okay so lady that i forget how many like 12 14 kids that she had and she'd run around and flip houses and do all sorts of other stuff but i was uh reading up on it later or just like on uh something about it later and it clicked on me it's like she was in a christian fundamentalist cult wow one of those ones that are like you know be fruitful and multiply oh and, okay like, it's over by just like having all the kids that we can yep yep and it was the right place. It was the right time. And like this, I, I had no idea. I was filming it, but it's like, oh, that makes so much more sense. It, uh, yeah. So that, yeah, that that's that whole thing is nuts. Um, what? So this was like a reality show pilot. Yeah, yeah, it was a reality show pilot. And it's it just like, how can this lady live her life with twelve children or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, and I was um, doing more kind of assistant level work and like as a driver and she'd drive like 90, 100 miles an hour down the roads and like I'm driving like my personal car. I'm like, I- I'm not going to drive this fast. Like yeah. I can't afford to wrap my car around a pole or get a ticket or whatever. Yeah, it's like, of course she lives her life in such a reckless way. She has 12 kids. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's hard to uh, believe she she's, you know, really thinking about about uh precautions but um that that's that's pretty freaking crazy i don't even know that so did that that pilot didn't get picked up or anything no no not to my knowledge that didn't get picked up so um what was the atmosphere on on that set like what uh how many days was it um what was it probably four or five days of filming for this pilot um it was um a ferry ride away from seattle so it was a little bit of a commute in and you know the the crew i worked for was like i'd worked with one of the guys like one of the audio guys on a few other projects um but very much felt like kind of a slapdash craigslist crew okay like they just needed to get something pulled together yeah okay and they were probably gonna like pitch it to different networks like discovery or what are the the you know the other big reality tv show networks you know true tv or a and e you can probably go around to all the networks and be like who wants the next octo mom 
Yep, yep, that's pretty much what they were they were trying to go for. She's yeah, <laughs> she's the next starlet. The I mean, really, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, the the next cover of uh, you know all those tabloid magazines. I, I, I you know, America really did have Octomom fever for a period of time. Yeah, it was such a huge thing. Yeah, and I, it's it's something that I think we really kind of try to bury in our collective consciousness. <laughs> We're like, you know, I, I, that didn't really happen. That was all just, uh, we, you know, we all just dreamed that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was several years of doing all these kinds of just random, you know, film video adjacent jobs. Um, and it was, I probably had a stretch of five, six months without a day off. Wow. Constant grind of like anything I could do and everything I could do. But I was still like barely scraping by. How did that affect like, you know, your your health, mental and physical being on for for such a long time, just going, going, going? It was tough. It was really tough. It burned out pretty hard after that. Um Yeah, and you know, it was kinda tough to like get back into doing more film and video work because mm-hmm. it was just, you know, that's one of the things about working in sort of a creative industry like this is it's hard to just kind of like tune out and just make it a job. Like, cause yeah. it's, it's something you're passionate about that I care exactly. about. It's using creative juices to try and do this. Not that you don't use creative stuff in other fields, but it's so much of like what you care about, what you've strive for. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, part of you is probably like, uh, you know, like I, I, I need to do this, you know, for myself more than anything. Like, this is my dream. I, you know, I like this will, this will, uh, you know, bring me to the next thing, you know, and, and, uh, just kind of feels like, you know, and I've been there too in, in, you know, creative pursuits or whatever, but, um, uh, it's, you know, it's like, I'm gonna like, regret this if i like you know bow out now i just got to keep going for a little bit longer and i'll make it yep there it's gonna eventually you'll get that what that one gig that yeah. like launches you into stable income exactly yeah so yeah after a bit of that um i eventually got a job at uh, a big camera store in seattle and that was from that was felt like Going from a hundred miles an hour to like five miles an hour, so, just the the change of the work environment and like the pace of it was was a little bit jarring. Yeah. Just so, how did you come to that decision of of kind of you know not going full speed into you know video production? You're like I I I need something else, something more more stable and and less you know grinding. Um, how did you come to that choice and? Um, it wasn't so much a choice as it was like, all right, I've done the thing where I had to choose like, you know, which bills I'm going to pay this month, like too many times. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I need to get something that is, you know, more stable that will allow me to pay all the bills every month. Not gotcha. just, you know, some. Yep. Yep. Um, and it was a decent fit for me. Um, they were looking for a new person that knew stuff about video, and I just happened to show up at the right time, back when you could walk into a place with a resume and get a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that that it's funny because I, you know I I feel like that has has never been a thing my entire working career, but um, you know I I just kind of got into the workforce and like 
2012. So, so it's, it, it, it's not too distant in the past. Um, yeah, that, so I, I, I just feel like that, that transition, you know, it must've been a little bit disheartening, but, um, did you also feel like, you know, like, Oh shit, now I'm in the real world. Um, yeah, there was definitely a moment when they showed me their, their like scheduling pattern. Um, just so like you weren't stuck on like the weekend shift Mm -hmm. or, you know, a certain shift, they'd kind of like have it move around. So you like, you would get a weekend off every so often. Um, but then they're like, oh, yeah, so this will follow this pattern out indefinitely. <laughs> Ten years down the line, like, oh, oh, that's weird. Yeah, like, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> um, but then one of the I, – I really appreciated, like, getting to – learn all the new camera stuff that was coming out uh definitely helped like foster my skill in photography of just like being able to use all this cool stuff because they had a great uh bonus thing where like any employees could use stuff out of the rentals for free nice that that's a uh, huge non-commercially, but, like just for your own personal stuff yeah, so yeah got to go out and shoot with cameras i'd never be able to afford that's awesome uh, but one of the hardest parts was I'd be working there and um, a customer would come in and be like, Oh, my boss like wanted me to like do this cool documentary stuff. And I'd never learned anything about it. Like, I don't know anything about cameras. We have a budget of like a million dollars. It's like, what do I need to do this? (laughs) Like people like would get somehow handed these opportunities because they programmed a VCR or something one time. And then would just get like my dream job just kind of handed to him like oh, I don't even want to do this. God, I, that that's fucking rough, dude. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a little grating. Um, I I've gotten better about those kind of situations since then, trying to be more supportive. But coming off of like just burning out off of trying to to do that kind of stuff was was a little rough for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting cause, cause it's like, you're kind of, you know, you've, you've kind of got one foot still in the door of, uh, that world, but you know, you're, you're on the other side just enough that it's like, you, you, you know, you kind of feel like you're looking out the window, watching everybody, uh, you know, do what you want to do. Um, yeah, I mean that, so how long did that job last? Uh, I worked there, geez, must have been like five years. Oh, nice. Okay. It was definitely one of my, my longer jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of, I was let go, like, uh, because my performance was starting to dip after I'd lost my mom to leukemia. Okay. Okay. So there was a time there where I just like, I, I wasn't a great employee. I wasn't like in the best sure. of moods and it's hard to like have, you know, a conversation about like stupid cameras when your mom's dying. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So I just couldn't bring the the song and dance to the level that was needed. Yeah, that's that's super unfortunate. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's one thing when when you all get along and 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 you're like a family and uh, you know you're working together when it's you know the good times when everyone's happy and healthy. But you know the second you kind of stop being the ideal worker or. Uh, you know the you know like you said sing their song and dance um then they yeah they they kind of uh throw you out that so so that's that's super sad and and i mean especially with 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 the loss of a loved one it's like uh you know salt in the wounds 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was sad, but, like, I was already kind of ready to be done working there. Uh, and then it was just poor timing with, you know, losing my mom and all that. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I was almost grateful to be let go just so I didn't have to be there anymore. Because, yeah. like, the, the work environment, like, wasn't working out for me super well. And, like, my own personal stuff, like, wasn't meshing well with it either. So mm. it was, you know, not not a bad thing that I was let go. You were ready um, for the next chapter, I'll, you know. I was ready for the yeah. next chapter. It was time to move on. I got you. Um, so fortunately, like they were pretty cool about it, and they let me, or they didn't contest when I went on unemployment. So I was able oh, to a little bit of income coming in to help, you know, continue to pay most of the bills. Yeah. But yeah, I used that time to go through search and rescue training. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when I was living off of unemployment, I was out doing search and rescue training and you know operations like on the weekends and during the week and like whenever I could. That's very cool. See, see, you know, you are a uh, great example, you know, a, a great rebuttal to the conservative uh, argument that everyone on unemployment is just leeching off the system, just sitting on the couch doing nothing, not not being a productive member uh, of society. And, and look at you going and, you know, doing search and rescue training like that's that that's that's well, I don't feel like i mean cool. yeah obviously search and rescue stuff might be kind of a step above everyone else but i don't think like if everyone was given like let's say a ubi or something yeah uh, i don't think everyone would just like sit on the couch no. and play video games and jerk off i think no. people want to go and do stuff exactly yep people um re- you know really they they want to make things they they want to help people uh there's a million things they they would rather do than you know toil away at some store or in some restaurant at some hotel whatever their crappy job is um yeah it's it's uh it's really kind of a false characterization um that 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 has stuck uh i i do believe that uh, i mean we we would see so many more beautiful things if if people had that kind of um safety net to to just kind of like do what what serves them for a while you know um yeah, yeah do what interests them do what drives them exactly. do what they're, they're interested in and actually like care about yeah 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 so so i, I mean i i think that's a great example of that you know cuz you're absolutely right. So, so that, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty fulfilling thing then for you, you know? Um, yeah, yeah I really enjoyed doing it. What and, does that entail? But, you know, I'm, I'm not super familiar with what, you know, I, I can kind of ascertain what, what search and rescue means, you know, but, but like, what does the training look like? Um, it's, you know, kind of, so, you know, working in this was all in washington so it was mostly like kind of finding lost hikers or okay you know that had kind of gotten off too far yeah or like had done too many drugs on the trail and needed help being escorted back down or it's like you know they broke a leg jumping off a tree and then their friend tried to carry him down then their friend broke their leg gotcha so it was lots of just trying to go out find people kind of assess the situation sometimes you know hauling them out on a litter so the training was spending a lot of time out in the field, cold, wet, tired, trying to navigate, you know, do a lot of the, the wilderness, not survival, but navigation. Uh-huh. Yep. 
you know, if you're surviving in the wilderness, you've already screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you're you're already lost. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a lot of time just like in the winter in the Pacific Northwest at like you know thirty degrees and kind of a snow rain mixture. Just right at that hypothermia level. Yeah, that getting, that's that's not for the faint of heart. Not you know, not 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 for the people who uh need to be nice and cozy all the time in their you know uh heat heat uh you know, turn the crank the heat up to seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I I really took to it and I really enjoyed it. Um but the one downside was it was all volunteer. So mm-hmm. there was no like payment, gotcha. which you know empirically that that that's good because you don't want someone to like be facing down a bill like when their legs broken and they're stuck in a stream. Yeah, you want people to call for help sooner rather than later. You don't yep. want them second yep. like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to pay for this helicopter bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. God damn. I mean, we could we could get into, you know, the contradictions of America's healthcare system. But you're that that's that's a great point that, you know, I mean, obviously it leads to more deaths if if like you're thinking, ah, oh, man, but if they rescue me, I'm going to have to, you know, pay thousands of dollars. <laughs> like, I'm just going to I'm just going to lay here and just die. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just let me die out in the woods. That's that's pretty shitty. That's that's, that's a pretty shitty thing to think. Yep. So that's why it's it's good that in most situations it's free. Yeah. Um, there are some situations like if you use um, one of those emergency locators, uh, the spot device. If you're familiar with any of those, uh-huh. um, push a button and like it sends out an SOS. Okay. And then there's like reports of people like a hundred feet from the trailhead. They could have just yelled. Oh or, no. Like, ride down from the top or whatever yeah yeah some situations where it's like all right you kind of you brought this on yourself sure sure for the most part like when you're bringing in like um a search and rescue unit like this it's you're you need all those people mobilized to get out there and help yeah yeah no that 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 makes total sense have so during that course and and i mean throughout you know since then have you rescued any people on on like the trail have have you been part you know part of any real search and rescuing yeah yeah we i was definitely doing a few rescues um yeah a couple of big ones uh the one thing i wouldn't do was recoveries okay if i was on the field uh on a rescue and it became a recovery i could kind of compartmentalize that but if i knew we were going out like looking for someone who was no longer alive then recovering the body then that was just something I couldn't do. Yeah, that's I'm not sure sure why, but mm-hmm. I... it sounds very traumatic. You know, I mean, I, I I've uh, you know working at hotels, I, I've I've had guests pass away in their room, and um, I you know a couple. Well, one of my coworkers in particular, who I remember, he I remember he was just so eager to to just jump in there and, and, and go to the room and, and look at the body and just like, why, why, why would you do that? Like, obviously that's a far cry from recovering a body. Like you need to recover yeah. the body, but, but it's like, like just let the first responders come in and do their thing. Like, I don't, or, don't go in and, 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 and gawk at this person. But, um, so, so that's a weird, I mean, some people, I think just the adrenaline gets them all pumped up and they, you know, kind of, 
uh, just just get you know in front of themselves a little bit um but yeah that that's something you know the times i've seen because it's happened you know multiple times in my career in hospitality it's you know it 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 does stick with you you know see you know seeing a uh dead person it it does last a little while up there in the the old noggin yeah yeah it's it's not always a a fun experience by any means um but yeah during my time when i was kind of going through that training it also kind of picked up work um working as a bike courier for postmates okay that sounds interesting yeah so that was a pretty fun like rapid change of pace um a lot of good exercise yeah lots of great exercise especially biking around seattle with all the hills yeah i believe it yeah Um, i've i've done doordash you know for a while between jobs and you know obviously i'm i'm in my comfy ass car you know again i got the heat cranked up you know i'm like you know listening to music or podcasts or whatever right you know i i'd imagine uh on a bike it's it's a bit different it sounds like it's a bit tougher yeah yeah it is um but that's kind of what i was going for that's what i wanted they had they had cars in their fleet and like people on motorcycles as well Uh, i just chose to use a bicycle nice yeah it's 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 uh definitely for a specific kind of person who who you know kind of wants to be physically active and and you know in the elements a little bit but also getting paid Mm -hmm. yeah and also during that time i had started working on another documentary on splitboarding okay which is um backcountry snowboarding but use a snowboard that breaks in half and it becomes skis so you ski up with it and you oh. reassemble it down and you snowboard on down. I w- once again that's something I had no idea even existed. That 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 sounds pretty rad. Um yeah. And it was uh still a fairly new sport when I was doing this documentary. Yeah. So so it's it's you know you kind of just use it as a snowboard on the way down and you would detach it and turn it into skis for the remainder of the way. Uh, you'd ski up so yeah <laughs> sorry long covid um, um yeah so with splitboarding is and even backcountry skiing to go up the mountain you use uh skins on the base of your skis okay they're if you imagine like what a short-haired cat feels like pet it one way it's smooth pet it the other it's you know much less smooth gotcha so it's that thing is applied to the base of the skis so you're able to go uphill the little hairs grab traction and you take a step and you know you work your way up the mountain wow okay that that's off to go back down that's pretty cool yeah Uh, yeah. Uh, what what an invention what is is that something new or is that something that's been around for a long time um the first homemade ones probably started coming out in the late 2000s. The first commercial ones probably started coming out in like 2011. Okay. Split Decision came out. Okay. And, and um, what was the process like for, for, you know, getting work on that documentary and how, how, how was that experience after kind of being away from that for a while? So it wasn't paying that much. It was more of a labor of love. It got paid in, you know, a split board and uh, some avalanche and backcountry travel gear. Um, so there was, you know, a little bit of compensation. But That's like, pretty you cool. Can't, geez. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, it would have to be a labor of love, but I mean, it sounds like it, it's something right up your alley, though, getting paid in equipment and, and kind of the experience, I, I feel like sounds, sounds worth it. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, one of the challenging things was I was going out with some of like the top backcountry athletes in the Northwest and trying to just like keep up with them and uh, film them. Time was really challenging because some of the, the the athletes that had worked in media before kind of understand that like oh if I'm coming along we're not doing like a big like ski mission it's uh, we're filming this yeah yeah of course of the other ones would just like no I'm, we're gonna rock it up and uh, <laughs> that's why I'm here you're not gonna slow me down <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah that I mean that that sounds pretty you know like it would probably wear you out pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'd gotten, fortunately, like I'd been biking, like working as a bike courier and like hiking. You built up your stamina. Yeah. I built up my stamina, but even still like those athletes are real strong and real fast. Yeah. I I can imagine. I mean, uh, so, so how long was that shoe? And, um, uh, did it eventually come out? Can you, can you view it anywhere? Um, that shoot lasted oh, well, most of the winter of 2013. Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it did come out. It was uh, Split Life. Um, and I'm not sure where to find it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's through line with a lot of what I'd kind of worked on was, you know, a lot of it just like, it's hard to go like, oh, yeah, go see this in theaters or, you know, buy the DVD or whatever. Yeah, especially in this day and age where everything is kind of like, you know, segmented on on different platforms, and sometimes platforms they they fold, and then all that content just disappears forever. Yep. You know, so so that's 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 a pretty unfortunate uh, side effect. But um, but yeah, the, I I mean, how did it feel to kind of get back into doing what you love after a little while? Um, that felt pretty good because. Uh, that was I was trying to make a more deliberate effort to only do the kind of projects that I wanted to do, and that's kind of how that's been going lately. Is I'm trying to have you know income and then make projects that I actually feel passionate about. I'm not just yeah. trying to. Yeah, I, th- I think that's up. a yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. I, I I think that's a great way to avoid the burnout of of grinding for you know working on productions that that you don't really have your heart in just because you hope that it's kind of a uh you know a stepping stone to something else you know um yeah so so how has it been since then uh it's been a little hit and miss after i moved back to alaska i kind of put video stuff on hold for a little bit there just isn't quite as much work for it um and you know, I was trying to focus on, you know, developing my photography a little bit more because it was, you know, kind of um, rediscovering what I actually liked about, you know, doing video production stuff. And nice. like, I, you know, generally a camera operator was mm-hmm. my main job. And so getting into photography kind of taught me how to shoot and how to kind of enjoy what I was doing again, how to like get some creative satisfaction out of it. That's great. Yeah. And, and, um, so, so you've kind of turned into primarily a, you know, videographer to 
photographer. Yeah, I've kind of switched roles again. Um, I've picked up some more video equipment to try and, you know, do it again where I'm getting back into what I need to do or to the projects I want to do. Um, but yeah. yeah, after I moved back to Alaska, I picked up a couple of different jobs, and one of them was at a secondhand gear store. Uh, so it's like um, used sporting goods. Okay. Um, used uh, bikes and skis and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I would photograph the the stuff and post it online and sell it through there. Nice. So I developed a pretty good skill set at doing product photography. Nice. Yeah, and and uh, once again, you're you're kind of around what you love and and uh, the outdoors and stuff. And um, so, are you still at that that job currently? No, no, not currently. Uh, okay. I started there in, geez, 2014. Okay, wow. Okay, so, so we're still... Two or three at that company. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I worked there for probably six and a half years. Okay. There for a little while and just kind of worked my way up to doing, you know, sort of my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, started, like you know, working the retail floor and just, you know, pricing out stuff, inventorying stuff, uh, and then eventually ended with my own little product photography studio and like just nice. i rebuilt the, the website during uh, the lockdowns of 2020 um just to kind of get us able to sell product online more efficiently because before that we were just like posting the stuff on craigslist and facebook yeah yeah that that's that that's what a lot of um you know mom and pop stores kind of do I, you know i i worked at a uh a music shop that that did that and you know one of the workers there was like you know getting paid minimum wage but i i you know remember she was such a good photographer and 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 she was you know just taking pictures and posting them on craigslist and stuff and i was like oh you know it's cool but but it's like kind of a waste of talent um, yeah it can be be kind of tough working or like getting that stuff to pay especially when you know it's something you're passionate about be like oh they don't have to pay you anything because it's something to do exactly yeah yeah they they, they kind of take advantage of of uh your your love for the game yeah <laughs> um how else have you kind of like developed your your photography you know have have you been shooting any different things or, or just primarily the uh store there um i always kind of had uh the fascination with you know landscape and nature and kind of uh the, the abstract nature work um so it's more kind of really getting the the photos that i want to that tell the story of like a, you know nice wide landscape and then you know a lot of the detail ones um this last summer i got really into photographing and identifying mushrooms oh cool <laughs> Yeah, and like uh, I, they were just like a really fun thing to shoot, and like I didn't have a big, you know, thing about mushrooms to begin with, but it was just like, oh, this is a fun new little world. Yeah, I mean that it's kind of funny once once you kind of uh, zoom in 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 nature. I guess there there's there's all these kind of unique things you can kind of uh, focus on and and learn. I mean, I I assume there's there's a lot of different types of mushrooms. Yes, many many different <laughs> <laughs> many mushrooms out there. Yeah, but um, only some of. Them. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so so uh what are you doing these days um these days i am working on getting more prints done up i have uh galleries and exhibitions um at a few different like uh, breweries and coffee shops around anchorage so getting those all uh tuned up and you know always kind of making new ones and trying to sell as many as i can um you know i just was let go from the ice skating place yeah. because the you know, work, the cash flow couldn't support me anymore, so I'm kind of on the hunt for a more stable job again. Gotcha. So, so kind of uh, back to that job hunting uh, limbo. Yep, kind of back to that, and just kind of deciding like what, where I want to go next, what yeah. I want to try and do next, and what are your thoughts? What like like what is uh, what's inspiring you right now? You know what what moves do you uh think you're gonna make next um i was looking at you know just kind of biting the bullet and going to work at rei and getting health insurance for the first time in a long time yeah that would be pretty sweet yeah yeah um like i mentioned earlier my girlfriend was able to get a really good deal on a house so we'll be moving into there like sometime in the spring and so you know we're going to have to kind of coverage cover the mortgage and interest payments on that. So yep, yep. the amount I need to bring in every month is going to go up a little bit. So it's yeah. kind of the responsibilities of like, all right, I can't just totally screw off. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that's, that's something else to uh, think about. One more kind of piece of the adult puzzle slots in. <laughs> You're like, all right. Okay. I guess I got to uh, get health insurance. Um, yep, yep. I should have it. REI is is uh isn't that the company that they say they're a co-op but they're really not a co-op they're not a, they're not a workers own co-op but they're yeah they're they're kind of a co-op they yeah. they claim to be but it's like a board of directors and yeah. to get board of direct like any new director is picked from the board of directors so it's not like the employees or the customer like the members have any real say in what happens in a co-op like that yeah yeah that that's you know and and i you know i think i remember some kind of union debacle going on last year where where some of the stores were trying to unionize and uh, yeah and I think a few stores have but it's kind of been like a battle as to get like each one unionized yeah yeah and and um I mean, well, hopefully they they can live up to to the ideals of of a true co op. Um, we'll yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, I got a few more questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, you know, after all of that, you know, I feel like you you've been in you know a good variety of workplaces, some good, some bad, um, you know, some downright terrible. Um, but how do you personally deal with a miserable work environment? Um, well, it'll really kind of depend on what kind of miserable work, like what aspect is miserable about it. You know, if it's physically hard, if it's unsafe, if it's mentally hard, if it's just kind of like a toxic environment. Um, and I think it's kind of good to identify like which aspects are actually like, you know, is this just hard because I don't want to go to work on Monday or is it like a toxic culture that I'm dealing with? Yeah. And try, yeah. like, is this something that I am, you know, doing to make this not the most ideal work environment or is it just, 
you know, I don't mesh with this this group of people. Um, and trying to understand, like, it's not always, like, everyone else's fault that, you know, a workplace isn't good. True. And trying to come into it like, it could be me. I could be mm. the asshole. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that 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 is uh, the case sometimes. Yeah, you know, I think that, that definitely takes some self-awareness to uh, be like, yeah, maybe I'm not the... Uh, Maybe I'm not the best fit for the job rather than, you know, this job sucks and, and it's, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I don't serve them, you know, if they don't serve me. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, good to know that, that, you know, you too are capable of, um, you know, being, a uh, curmudgeon sometimes. I know I certainly am in, in, yeah. you know, most of my, my, uh, working career, um, so, so I mean, do you typically kind of just just part ways, or how long do you kind of wait if if like a, a workplace is not gelling with you, um, you know, and and it's kind of moderately frustrating and and you know maybe a little bit toxic. How how long would you kind of wait before jumping ship? Probably longer than I should a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of keep going because, you know, I need the income, need the job. And, you know, maybe this, if it's like one specific person, maybe they'll quit or be fired. And then, you know, it'll ease off some of the tension there. Or if it's just like, you know, an unsafe working addition, then I'll end that like almost immediately. If like my paychecks start coming in short, I'll end that immediately. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's something i mean yeah in that case you literally can't afford to uh wait around and and play their their games um yeah that that's it's it's interesting because you know i i think a lot of people are prone to hanging in there and waiting and and kind of just like seeing if it's going to change maybe it'll change next week or something and then yeah and then burning themselves out and growing to resent their workplace and then then you have the opposite problem, which is me, and it's like, you know, if 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 I have like a bad first day, I'm like, I'm never going back there. <laughs> I'm gonna jump jump ship and and do something else. And I, obviously, sometimes I can't afford to do that, so I do have to hang in there. Um, but sometimes it does does uh, pay to to kind of wait it out. You know, I've I've definitely had jobs where I I'm kind of miserable at first, and then I, you know, grow to tolerate it, and then sometimes enjoy it you know because because you you know you never know but you know when it's somebody who's treating you poorly or they're not paying you or you know pulling the wool over your eyes in some way then that's that's definitely um better just to just to cut ties um do you believe escape from the job jumping trap the job jumping cycle is possible um, at least in my situation, I'd certainly hope so. Um, and I think it's not necessarily just getting like, you know, an adult job. It's g more along the lines of, you know, growing our farm more, you know, having our own livestock kind of going yeah. or, you know, off the, you know, off the grid sort of, and just being very self-reliant, self-sufficient and not, and if like we don't have money for food, we have our own supply of food that we have. And just kind of being resilient in our own way. Um, yeah. You know, we have subsistence fishing, so there's like about a week of every summer 
uh, where we'll go dip net fishing and we'll pull in a hundred fish wow. and that will be our dinners through the winter um and like you know yeah. we're working on greenhouses going and just kind of having being as self-sufficient as we can sort of you know living a, a much older lifestyle yeah i'm wow that that's i mean it seems like you're you're closer there than you know most to to being self-sufficient i, I think that's th- that's a great way to think of it it's a it's a you know different way to look at it you, you don't have to you know you're you're, you're not going to find the one job that 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 maybe you'll you'll uh be with until you retire but um you know i guess fleshing out the other parts of your life so you don't have to rely on on those shitty jobs quite as much you know and and you know you kind of are free to uh to to kind of you know withdraw to your sanctuary you know it does sound like a nice way to live um and i mean personally from what i've heard uh tonight you and your story i i i think you can do it i think you're going to get there um well and and this kind of actually goes into um my my final question here and you know you 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 definitely illustrated it a little bit with uh you know farming and self-reliance but kind of in the you know bigger picture with with you know hobbies and passions and work and uh you know family and everything um what would your life look like if you didn't need to work and all of your needs were met um yeah you know i definitely have more time to get back into doing search and rescue stuff to you know find ways to help the community more to kind of build up our own garden and not just have our own but be able to help provide for others make it more of a community effort um you know work for bicycle advocacy because the bicycle biking infrastructure in anchorage is terrible Mm, yep pedestrian infrastructure is even worse um and just kind of you know helping agitate for a better society for the people that actually live here heck yeah yeah that that's uh sounds pretty sweet i i uh hope hope you get there someday i hope we all get there um Tyler, thanks again for taking the time out to to chat with me. You know your your story was fascinating. It's a lot of in, I mean, I I learned uh, multiple things. Uh, <laughs> I, I I admire um, uh, you know just kind of jumping into new things and and learning new things and uh, you know kind of um, uh, diving into. A lot of things that that some people, some people like me, you know, would would be very hesitant to do, and 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 I think um, I think the world needs people who who are going to go and just you know run and do a search and rescue program and and uh, you know be a be a sustenance farmer. So I think I think all that is is super rad, and and, and it's a, it's it's actually a very unique perspective, um, you know, with within the podcast so far, um, which which is awesome. Um, is there anything that you wanted to shout out or uh, plug before we wrap things up? Um, I guess my main like pluggable is uh, I have a website, Tyler awesome. photography. Uh, and that's just kind of where you can see some of my photography. You can order prints and do some of that stuff. Um, and that's sort of like all that I really have that's ready to go as, as a pluggable thing. 
Nice. Well, I, I will definitely put that in the show notes so um, people can uh, take a look. I will say I I, uh, I I just followed him on Instagram and I saw saw a little preview of uh, his photography and it's very good. So definitely um, give that a look if you're interested. Um, Tyler, thanks so much. Uh, let's talk again sometime, okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can touch on uh, like outdoor guiding. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, there, there's you know a lot more still uh, to talk about, um, but that does it for tonight. Tyler, have a great night. Thanks again. All right, you too, Connor. Thanks. You have a good one. You too. Bye. All right, and that was that. Thanks again to Tyler for taking the time out and uh, telling me your story. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Um, you can find Tyler's photography once again that is Tyler M. Yates photography.com I will be linking it in the description of this very podcast please support a fellow struggling artist uh, much more talented than I am but still uh, please please support him um, <clears throat> if, if you're interested in you know being on the show or you want your story read on the podcast email me email me at jobjumperspod at gmail.com or dm me you can find us at jobjumperspod on both twitter and instagram uh shoot me a dm if you're interested please i want to hear from you um if you dig the show or you think it's rotten no good and uh you know you want to shit on it then rate and review it on apple podcasts i think any you know review in rating good or bad helps i think i think it's like about engagement but i don't know <clears throat> um yeah and as always through through the the hardship of the work week do your best and uh keep jumping friends see you next week